What is up, y'all? I'm Moni, and you're Mixing with Moni. Okay, welcome to a special bonus episode of Mixing with Moni, where I'm combining the same hot takes of me and my friends and putting it with some new, fresh content you don't usually hear about on here, because we can all stand to mix it up every now and then. So sit back, sip, and enjoy. Hello, 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 all you beautiful and wonderful mixologists and pumpkins alike out there. It is your girl, Moni, and you're listening to Mixing with Moni. This is a special bonus episode because there's not enough content out there. Am I right? (laughs) Completely sarcastic. But while I am preparing the new episode of the pod with two heavy hitters this week to discuss Salt Lake City, Uh, Dallas, Atlanta, all the girls that I am all caught up on and excited to talk about. I decided to give y'all a little peek into my favorite other world, my guilty pleasure, and that is Bachelor Nation. I cover it usually on on the Patreon podcast and do that pretty much every week with someone or by myself. And There are lots of people that love it over there, but just in case you want to make sure you want to invest your coins on the Patreon, and you'll probably hear a plug for it right after this, so just be prepared, forewarned, Um, in case you maybe just don't have the means, or you're just like, "I I want a little free content, why not? Or you're like, girl, there's so many Bachelor podcasts out there, why should I listen to your hot takes? Hopefully this will help you be convinced. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just fun. Maybe you just like to listen to Bachelor Nation conversation and you haven't heard it yet from me or enough from me. And that is why I got a couple of special guests on this week. Uh, New to you, maybe if you're new to the show, but if not, then they're definitely returning. Real Moms of Bravo, Abby and Vanessa on Instagram and Twitter now too. Um, And they have their own podcast and they have their own Patreon as well, but they are on the show this week to discuss The Bachelor because a lot happened this week. There's new women. Matt kisses with his eyes open. Girls are floating in pumpkins. They're escorting? I don't know. We'll talk about what we hear and the things that are alleged and some fun Bachelor secrets from behind the scenes. Maybe you even need to be convinced to watch the show all together. Well, anyways, that is what this episode is here to do bring you a little bit of extra content while I am getting the other episode ready to come out shortly after this, uh, this upcoming weekend, or just in general, depending on when you, you know, your listening schedule. I had a great time talking with Abby and Vanessa about the things going on this season that are different, some the same, and, you know, they're new were, they used to watch, and now they're back on. And I have this thing about converting people or bringing them into this world for no reason other than pure enjoyment because it's a hot ass mess over in Bachelor Asian and I like it. So it is my guilty pleasure. And if it is yours too, then this is for you. Feel free to let me know your thoughts. If you're on Instagram, DM me about this episode, what you thought, what you think about Matt overall. They have some thoughts as well, some really hot takes. And that was what made it the most fun. And above all else, If you're into it and you love it and you're like, yes, girl, more this, love the way you cover batch, or you just want to hear and support, feel free to head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash mixing with Bonnie, which again, you will hear a plug for in a second. So don't hate me. It's simply just clever marketing to put it right on after, you know, an intro. Go on ahead and head over there and listen to other episodes or any more and stay tuned for more as we go through this really interesting journey of a bevy of women, none of which we really know or have really stood out and somehow are giving us so much to work with and talk about. Stay tuned for that. Coming up next, Real Moms of Bravo talking Bachelor for this special bonus episode. We are reaching the end of the show, and I'm having so much fun with my guests this week. And if you are too, guess what? I'm butting in to let you know 
you can join the Patreon for Mixing with Moni. If you need a little bit of additional content to brighten up your day, or if you want to hear more guests, more hot takes, we are doing a recap monthly of Orange County season four, the inaugural season of Gretchen, back when she had a very rich older fiance and back when Tamara may or may not have been a good housewife. And the reason I miss her now, question mark, mm, we don't know. Also, weekly recaps of The Bachelorette if you're on that journey with me and Tasha, and weekly Bravo Hot Topics. If you've been wondering where the hot topics are, that is where they are over at the Patreon. We have multiple levels as low as $5 up to VIP Mixologist and more. Um, a lot of fun content, a lot of great guests, guests you love here on the regular pod and Bravo fan accounts, other memers, other podcasters, that and so much more over at patreon.com slash mixing with money. Come mix with us. Back to the show. All right, y'all. As promised, I am back and I have the real moms of Bravo with me, Abby and Vanessa. But today we are the real people of the Bachelorette, the Bachelor, excuse me. I'm already like, so who in this group? I think it's really, I'm distracted because I just heard this question on Watch What Happens Live of who in this group could be the next Bachelorette. And off air, we were talking about how like there's just so much high school drama happening, like fresh out of the sorority house. I can't see any of them doing it. So that's why my brain is like, where do we even go from here with this group? And we're going to get into some of the reasons why these women can't be trusted with my beloved franchise and why these moms were not solely into the season yet until this episode that changed everything. But first things first, welcome back, y'all. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited. We are so excited. I mean, if you guys can see our faces. I know. Abby and I are smiling from ear to ear. This is Vanessa talking. We've been longtime friends with Moni. We love her. And I mean, getting to talk Bachelor, we're, we've got some hot takes. So we're ready to dish. I think the best part for us too is, so I haven't watched since the Melissa, Molly, Jason drama, which for Ooh. some people is probably even before like their parents let them watch The Bachelor because I'm a little <laughs> bit older than the demographic here. But uh, after that, I was like, I'm so over this BS. I'm not going to watch until it's like truly fre fresh blood. Like let's bring in somebody who wasn't the reject. And I know Matt was going to be part of Claire's season, but they decided to make him Bachelor. I still think he's new. I think he's like, hasn't done he's the process. He's still pretty new. I mean, we yeah. got him pretty much from TikTok. If that's yeah. not the newest way to get a Bachelor. <laughs> so I'm all in, but I will say like, so we, like there's sometimes when they do stuff, I'm like, is this normal? Do they do this every year? Like we kind of have some fresh eyes going into this. So I feel like it's been fun for me to like, look at it and not know the history of like the walk-up. I didn't know you'd have to have a creative walk-up every time. Yes, I'm so glad. I mean, I think that what's great about you guys coming in now is that you are now seeing it. The, the Molly and Jason era, that's more when it was, I hate to say it, authentic. <laughs> like it, it was, was a little more pure. Something, yeah, yeah, a little something to it. It was very raw, very new. And now Bachelor is this full on culture. Like, much like, you know, we have one in Bravo, like there's a housewife formula. We know that there is a formula to how The Bachelor works. And the only thing that they're really doing to break that for me is the casting. They used to say there was always like a standard three black cast. It was the whitewashed black girl who, you know, was kind of like your Tasha or, or like a Katie. There was the one who was mixed. And then there was Me. the one who was, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the one who was a bit darker, who always stirred up trouble and was only there for that reason, which I always had an issue with. I think that definitely does lend to the colorism conversation. Um, but then, you know, sometimes we end up getting something great out of them. Like for instance, Sheena's good friend, Jasmine, she was that person on her season of The Bachelor. They always end up going to Paradise or something like that, uh, where I think they absolutely shine and Paradise is like 10 times better. And now this whole cast is so diverse and the only thing they all have in common is bitchy. That's it. There's nothing else. It's just bitchiness all around. Everyone is petty. Everyone is like in it for the wrong reasons. And there's now like a language, there's a rhetoric, there's everything. And I'm really glad you guys are back on board because I have been praying for y'all to come back. <laughs> Once I was like, yo, watch The Bachelor. And they were like, mm, no, I remember you did a podcast with Michelle Dempsey. 
and I listened because I'm I'm a true Romanza Bravo fan. I listen every week. Y'all, y'all need to get into that. Go ahead and subscribe right now. Link is in the description. But I listened and y'all were like, you're either a Bravo or a Batch. And I was like, no, I am both because I really hate <laughs> myself and I just don't mind spreading myself too thin. But I was like, you can't be both. I promise. Like the same reasons that you the moments we love on Bravo that we like stand happen instantly on Bachelor. Like we're breaking fourth walls every five minutes, okay? Like they're all fully aware they're on a show. They're fully realized into what they're doing. They know they're playing for the camera. And I kind of enjoy that vibe. I like it when they're in on the joke and they're like, yes, honey, we're really just playing for you. We want to entertain you. And I'm like, yes, do it. I mean, <laughs> so how do you feel about Victoria? Because Victoria is that like I mean lover mm-hmm. or hater I I she is a little entertaining to watch I think without mm-hmm. her it'd be a little bit more boring if you didn't have the queen um stirring she the took pot that girl's and tiara. I, some I sincerely died I was like oh my god and then set it on the table like it wasn't even yeah. like she handed it back to her I thought she was gonna throw it and I was like please don't break like an actually nice like a real tr- like don't break a real tiara come yeah, on please not like her actual like title yeah this is yeah. a real thing and you know what got me there was something that made me think to myself what channel am I watching it's when Victoria says to the Miss Puerto Rico herself come here I want to meet you and I for one moment thought am I watching Saucy Schroeder like it felt very early Vanderpump rules you're in her territory this is her turf and I'm like I don't know much about Victoria's problematic behaviors off air. Y'all can probably, you know, let me know that whomever's listening, who does, who has done. She, I, I pulled up her mugshot. She got arrested for stealing like $250 worth of stuff. Yeah. Like eight years ago. Right. Yeah. But, but she's like, like a Jax Taylor with the sunglasses. Yeah. But it's like, if you're going <laughs> to steal, like what, I don't know. Like, I don't think something that's a $250, like $250. I'm not stealing that. Like I might try to steal something higher value up there if we're gonna yeah. do it we're gonna go all out like you're I, right i'm not gonna, See, I was gonna go the yeah. path of candy like when i was a kid you know at the grocery stores when they had like, oh, the yeah. little bins of yeah. candy i would always do that that's, that's i would that's it's called would. sampling it's not stealing <laughs> yes yes absolutely and 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 to be fair i i just thought she could do it she could replace her if she wanted to go over to the bravo world there would be a place for her simply because she is the formula like she's a lot but she believes it and that is dangerous, but a really good combo for television. She's gonna need some better concealer and makeup, though. She wants to go to Bravo. Why, why does she? So oh. tight. Why does she yeah. look like shit like all the time? <laughs> yeah, like truly, like she look looks weathered. Tired. Like she looks very tired. Like she doesn't sleep. She like, looks like a well, newborn she keeps mom sleeping on the couch. Remember, everyone's bullying yeah. her. She has to keep moving rooms. She can't stay where she is. She must keep moving. Okay. So that conversation ahead. though with her and Vic, um, I call her Vibrator Girl, which I know she has a name. Katie. Yeah, Katie. Katie. Yes. And she's very smart. I like Katie. She gives me like think- real therapy. I've been into it before vibes. Whereas Victoria is giving me, these are the trigger and buzzwords from therapy that I'm just throwing out. This is what I've seen people say, but I've actually never sat down to therapy. That's right. Katie, mark my words. I never thought I'd say this. Who thought Vibrator Girl would come at making the strongest campaign for Bachelorette? I don't think Matt picks her in the end. Like she's not, I don't know how far she makes it. They might say she has to be like top five just for the sake of making her a Bachelorette. Mm. But I could see Katie as Bachelorette. I would like to see her as something. She also, she's not just one, you know, who's running around with a vibrator, you know, on the show and naming it after the man, which I did think was a bit strange. Not the vibrator, just naming it after him. That that stressed me out. But she's like sex educator type. Like she is like all about female empowerment and, you know, kind of taking stigma out of things. And she, according to her social media, she's like really... She's a really cool chick. And I could see, you know, I think Bachelor could use that because, you know, for those people who have watched it and has known previous seasons, Caitlin Bristow slept with more than one of, like more than the person that she left with. And that was, she was absolutely raked over the coals and slut shamed repeatedly. The same attempt kind of happened with Hannah, you know, with one of her actual suitors who basically called her a slut to her face and told her, I would not want to marry someone if I knew 
that she slept with one of the guys the nights before during fantasy suite week, which honey, what else did you, what is she doing? Having a conversation, playing tic-tac-toe. I mean, if she wants to, more power to you. But for you to dictate that as a man who's not even her husband, fiance, boyfriend, anything, be quiet. So I would well, like and, to see a difference yeah. in that. I feel like too, like in this environment, I mean, it would bother me. This is why, I, like, not that like ABC's bit was knocking at my door and I was single or anything, but like, this is why, like, I would never want to go on The Bachelor because I know that when it comes to the fantasy suite, he is going to be hooking up with other girls. That is part of the show. Like, if you think otherwise- If he waits that long. Yeah. And so, like, for me, like, yeah, I wouldn't like that. So I could understand that. But then don't go on the show. Like, to the guy who's, like, mad that she's, you know, hooking up with multiple men. Right. You signed up for this. You knew what the whole environment was. And so- right. So slut shame after that, when a guy never gets slut shamed, I, yeah, I think Katie, at first I thought it was like a weird attention thing with a vibrator, but I think like you said, like once I looked her up, I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more about just female empowerment and getting rid of the stigma that like women can't be sexual. Like if they're sexual, they're slutty. She's just trying to say like, you can be. And I like her for that. I also think she's in terms of, I hate to say this because she is beautiful, but I feel like she's um, an attainable beauty. Like she's not like an Instagram thought. Like she's not out of reach or make you feel, you know, she feels like someone I could befriend and a guy could want to sleep with. Like, it's not like she's got the Kylie Jenner treatment on Instagram. No, she looks like a cool, like- fun girl, like a cute, fun girl, like someone that you would want to hang out with, you know, that you could see taking home to mom. Like she's a really good pick. I actually think she's also very, she has a good personality and I I don't think she makes it to top five. I know, I, I, I really don't see it. Something about this group of girls, I'm not seeing a lot of top five material for a lot of them. And that's mainly because we keep getting introduced to new women. So that being said, we're going to jump right on into this jam-packed episode. We have new women, five. And I, it made sense with Tasha's season because people were going home. Like Claire eliminated people as she was only having eyes for one person, she still was like getting rid of people. And then Tasha kind of had like a, a subpar season, but also she they wanted to make sure that there were other people who were there who knew that she would be the bachelorette and it didn't just stick around because they wanted to stay on the show and that she didn't have a good enough pick. But now we have a re- no real reason to have new women because there was already a shit ton ha- of them there and they all still weren't even getting time with Matt and all of a sudden he's in the middle of this you know highly anticipated time with a woman and it gets it, it's with Victoria nonetheless and he gets pulled aside by Chris Harrison in this hasty way and I just love how Chris Harrison is like everything's so emerging and he just makes everything so emerging and he knows what he's doing because he's producing a show and then he's like listen we're gonna go outside you're gonna stand here you're gonna introduce yourself to five new women and I was like what is going on did we Wait. did we get it Here's a question for you as a bachelor expert. Do you think the producers, Chris Harrison, which by the way, he's never Chris, he's Chris Harrison. Do you think the producers brought in more women because he like, um, it got in the sense that Matt isn't really connecting with any of the girls? Yeah, I think that it's that and that they're just, there weren't enough women there who had the potential to me to go all of the way. Like who would really pull you in, even if he's not connecting, that we would feel it. Like his one-on-one date last week, I don't even remember her name, and that's kind of the point. I Serena, remember think, wasn't it? I think so. I, I, and I was, say Brie, <laughs> Serena. <laughs> I was like, I just don't see a reason to give her a one-on-one. And I, 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 she's pretty, she's cute, but I didn't see the personality there. And the whole purpose of the one-on-ones is like, this is like our varsity team. This is our front, like our first line draft picks. These are the girls we're supposed to get invested in and we're supposed to like them and we're actually supposed to root for one of them to win. And until last, like this this week's with the the teacher, I didn't feel that for any of the one-on-ones that he's had. And the one that he did have, he sent on. Well, so she and sent I, herself home. Yeah, I thought Abigail based like off the first hour. I you know, like I was Abigail. like, oh man, this is like, She's either going to be bachelorette. She's going to be maybe final three, final two. She might even get the rose. Like I really, really liked her. I also loved Kayla. I thought Kayla came out strong and then he got rid of her. She was like one of my picks to go all the way. And I was really confused why she didn't get the rose. 
but Miss Puerto Rico did who he just met a minute ago. Like the, his decision making is, I felt like at that point was with his penis. But we yeah. haven't seen much of Abigail since like that powerful start. Like uh-huh. you don't see them connect. You don't really see their conversations and maybe some of that's producing. So we don't like think she's an early favorite. I don't know. But like right now, the only person who I think has a shot at it is possibly Michelle who literally just met him five minutes ago. Yes, I, I agree. And I, I like her. And I get it, but I do think, Vanessa, to your point, that maybe he, they recognized that there wasn't even enough girls there for us to get invested in for this round of Bachelor. Really, it seems like they cast it for Bachelor in Paradise for this show, and this is just a filter. Because a lot of these girls I can just see going straight to Paradise and having a great time there, which is easier for us to invest in them there because it's, it's more of a couple type thing that you're getting into, like a Love Island type. But for right now, there's also just too many voices. There's a whole lot of drama and things happening, which is great for TV. But then Matt comes on and I forget why we're here. And then I'm like, oh, wait, we have to go on a date? Oh, okay. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> so I have to say that. as a bachelor, and again, you being a bachelor expert, I'd love your take. I'm kind of losing interest in him. Yeah, I see it. I think it's also, he's not fully invested in this world. Like, this is not something that he's done. It's something that you can always say about the other bachelors is that they make themselves so damn charming that you have trouble believing that they're ever really men. Like, that they're really real outside of this. That they've ever had, quote unquote, locker room talk or that they've ever done any girl dirty. Like, you, th- you they make you believe that every relationship and breakup that they've had has been like a middle school one where it's been totally amicable and they just write little notes to each other because they're so invested in you and they really want to give you their full attention and their uh, you know hand is on the knee but respectfully but like there's chemistry and then they only except for Juan Pablo and that's why he's like the worst bachelor of all time is (laughs) mainly because he was just kind of rude and in it to make out with girls and that was considered the worst so Matt is trying his best to be a part of this and to be, you know, charming, but he's just not fake. Like they kind of need him to be a little bit. Ben Higgins coming in this week, I thought was like the perfect, he looks like Prince Charming to me. I've always thought that. Like the like the cartoon version yeah, of Prince Charming. I totally see it. Yeah. He looks just like Cinderella's Prince Charming to me. And I feel that he was probably there to give him some advice on how to do this. <laughs> like how to kind of woo a little more like they keep telling him to ask the ladies what can I do to make I mean he asked I know he's asked every girl that he asked the same questions and I'm like you're kissing with your eyes open I get distracted by how touchy feely he is right away I do like like I feel like he's probably like a good guy why not even bring Tyler like they're good friends like I feel like he would bring like something like fun out of him I don't know maybe because I think that so I, I often say this, but the entire bachelor market is really y'all. <laughs> it's Midwestern moms <laughs> between the ages of 20 and like 60. Like that's really their range. Like whenever they used to do like the, the live finales, that's exactly what the entire audience looked like. It was like the entire string <laughs> of sorority girls came and then also all of their moms were like right behind them and together they could watch it. And it's, it's so they are trying to appeal to a certain audience. And I feel like if Tyler comes, it's going to feel like too much fun. Like, oh, oh, y'all get into some things. Yeah. Y'all be having fun and doing debauchery. But that's York. why I like Bravo, <laughs> yeah. I guess. That's why yeah. I'm a Bravo mom. Because yeah. I like yeah. that. Go against the grain. I think yes. they should bring in a bachelorette who's been successful too and kind of tell him like, okay, because like I was on The Bachelor and then I was The Bachelorette. So I've been like, I've been in the girl's shoes and I've been in your shoes and kind of help I think he needs like a woman to give Jojo, him a little guidance. She should yeah. come back. She just she hosted a portion of Tasha's season. She should come back. She's still engaged to her pick from the Bachelor. Oh yeah, Rogers. Yeah. yeah. Who? Um. It, yeah, that was a that was a really fun season because they went home like the brother never came. It was very wild. <laughs> yeah, I I actually like dove into the drama because I like was more interested about Aaron Rodgers just because I like football. And yeah. So I was like, oh, it's his brother, and then like they do not talk his brother had nothing to do with the show At i mean all. that is that see but i think that's why i like bravo because that reminds me of like melissa gorga Teresa. like you know just i like the little bit more tangled yes. web 
but I do think he needs like a female to come in and give him a little bit of advice. Cause I agree. Like in the beginning, I love him. Like, Oh, Matt's hot. And it's like, you know, in the beginning when you're first meeting people, it's supposed to just be a little bit more of like a spark and a chemistry. But then as it goes on, you wanted to feel like you, he knows more about the women he's developing, like truly a relationship. And I agree. Like there's really no one, even, even Michelle who came out strong and got the one-on-one and like, they had a great one-on-one. I can't be like, oh my God, they're totally meant for each other because of blink, blink and blink. I mean, they were about yeah. to fuck on that hot air balloon. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. <laughs> I was like, he is they like dry humping her on the hot air balloon. <laughs> Which I do not like a hot air balloon. Something about that just feels like if a bird just flies in through it. I was nervous she was going to tip over with how much he was yeah. thrusting yeah. her. Jesus. And the women were like watching. And that's I one know. of my favorite parts is that all the women always see the remnants of the romance, right? The fireworks, the hot air balloon. They're just like, ugh. And it's just being rubbed in their faces. And I, I really get a kick out of that. I'm sorry. I just love it. I want to know whose idea it was to do a boxing date. Like Matt looked terrified. He's like, this, this is going too far. I'm like, what did you expect when they were full-blown boxing? Yes. And these women are all competing and kind of hate each other. Like, I mean, yes. it was intense. I didn't yes, like that, honestly. Yeah. That made me feel yucky yeah. because it just felt like, you know how- Like they're women, literally fighting. Like, like women yeah. fight, fight in like jello pits, like- yeah, you know, yeah. Like I, think, I, I don't even it. know. It, it just feels like misogynistic and just kind of. Yes. I yeah. didn't love it, but I also kind of wanted to see Victoria and Catalina go head to head. Just you know. Just, oh my god! Just, How great! Because Catalina deserved to go ahead and just get a quick one to a padded one yeah. two. No, for yeah. sure. For her taking her crown. As a reality yeah. TV watcher, you always go through like back and forth of this feels wrong, but I want to see it. Yes. <laughs> but not it's, these people. It was like, I didn't want to see Serena and Katie and those people fighting. I, I, we all wanted the lineup of Victoria yes. and Katarina, but it, we didn't get it. It's the girl who is like, Matt did a really good job today making me feel, you know, safe and making sure I was okay. After I just got my ass beat for half <laughs> And so that's the fun part. Like, go, go. The bar is in hell sometimes. But even for like the men who are like this, you know, knight in shining armor, I know why they're all there. He's a commercial realtor. He's one of probably the wealthiest that they've had in a minute. It's just simply off of assumption alone. Lives in New York, has a beautiful apartment. I think people just put out like a, a tour of him and Tyler's like bachelor pad, like where they live. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah am I straight am I going I think I'll go like, listen Matt let's talk like Bonnie going nice straight life. for Matt more yeah. for the apartment like, yeah for the apartment yeah. yeah for the apartment for the perks I mean let's I mean let's just be real like we all okay. want that it's why we like Bravo I have another question for you as I'm yes. watching this are these challenges? So before we even got the boxing challenge, we had that mm-hmm. weird like, like squirrel, pumpkin, whatever yeah, you call it. Is that squirrels. normal? Like, I, is that so, like, common on The Bachelor? Because no, how does that make you yes. want to date someone? Yes and no. Challenges like this are normal. They've done like race car challenges and like sledgehammer challenges and football challenges, but mainly because they can't. And this is why they chose over here instead of going back to the La Quinta Inn over in California because there's I mean the whole joke with Tasha that they just kept like taking the horse just around the resort because they can't go anywhere so they got this big beautiful ranch so they can at least do dates outside but right now because of COVID and it's being filmed in COVID they can't go anywhere normally even our one-on-one is more lavish than this there's a private country concert every single one-on-one they're always doing (laughs) one thing together and then all of a sudden they're like going he goes I have a surprise for you and then it's an entire like country concert where there's a bunch of screaming girls and they walk out in the middle of the stage and they're dancing together one-on-one while some country singer serenades the the couple and they both happen to go the words wasn't there a time too where one of the girls was like that's my ex that was a country singer fuller who won a challenge and was like the cover girl for a magazine and then some racial things happened in the cover in the, the i magazine followed like, her messiness. Oh, the, the magazine was like we don't know her i don't know her <laughs> i, I never about, never heard of it mm-mm, something about the name the victoria yeah yes. problematic he, i think the country singer was like yeah we went like on like three dates or something but he told the producers like i know someone on the show is that going to be an issue and they were like 
no, of course not. And <laughs> this is why I maintain that Bachelor producers are by far the best producers in television, especially when you start seeing these girls breakdowns, the commitment to following them as they legitimately fall apart is fantastic. They've left girls in the desert before. Like Ashley I, who was, uh, she hosted last week's like the, the whole erotic poetry thing. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> she was left <laughs> in the desert on a two-on-one. And that's why I believe Victoria is gonna go home. This Victoria, it's always like the really messy girl and a really good girl. And he has to make the, the brain splitting decision on which one he's gonna keep. And it's obviously never, you know, the messy one. And we're finally, absolved of like oh thank god she's finally gone and then they leave her in a desert i don't know because even victoria leaves you still have anna who might be more diabolical i think she's worse because uh yeah starting rumors that people are out here so i did some deep diving on her yeah i did a deep dive and i reached out to a couple people i know in chicago that like hit up the bar scene and she works worked at el jefe in chicago so i of course you know stalk their page and I can send you, I saved the post that she's in. She was a promo girl, basically wearing like underwear for promo. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's rich. The girl literally in lingerie at bars is saying that this other person was uh, an escort. And I'm not that's... saying you can't dress sexy and stuff, but it's like, right. you're, you're just putting it out there based on what other people have told you. I'm like, well, look how people, if you're going to judge like that, look how people could judge you. Also, what does that say? And this is where I like the continuity error for me because she said that she, Anna's saying she knew she knew some people who told her that um, this girl is coming and she might be an escort. So that means that you were not shocked that there were new girls coming. You knew that she was in the mix or that she was on her way. So that was my thing. It? Yeah, did she get a text like after? Because they're not supposed to like correct they me if I'm wrong. Phones, yeah, they don't have access to the outside world, so they're not really supposed to know what's going on. But yet somehow she knew about this girl and everyone warned her. And my only thing was I thought maybe she thought, because you know how they all isolated and were getting tested all the time? Right. I'm sure there were seven. there were probably additional women, kind of like what they did for Big Brother, where they're like, we asked more people than what you actually saw because we knew some people would test negative and could, like, would get kicked out. So maybe she assumed that. I don't know. But I thought I had the same thought. I'm like, either someone texted her or she already knew that extra women were coming. I also loved no Matt. I mean, it was very staged when Anna and Matt were talking and then Brittany like comes in like yes. so awkwardly mm-hmm. and she's like, um, can I have five minutes? And she's like, just standing there awkwardly. And then she gives her the five minutes, but standing and watching them have their date. Like it was so staged, but I kind of lived for the awkwardness of that. Yeah, it was it felt it. theatrical. I feel like yeah. with reality TV, if you're so obvious with the staging, like go commit to it. And we are like in on the joke and it's funny where it gets annoying for me personally is when they try to act like it's not staged. See, and that's sometimes where I like Bachelor because it feels like they're leaning into it. We know the producers have a heavy hand in what's going on. I mean, we, we see it all the time during Tasha and, and Claire's season practically Dale would go into rooms where Claire was on like a having a conversation with a guy and it looked like he was looking back for producers like uh I I was told you were in here hi like it was very much so like you can tell they're saying hey Claire's in there she wants to see you I mean if you've ever seen the show for people who are listening you ever seen the show Unreal which is a oh I love that show on Lifetime The Bachelor and it is so you can see it hands down how much they have a play in it. I mean, it's based off of so many different um, producers and story tales and, and, and like, you know, anonymous things and tell-alls. Like so many of the ex-Bachelor and Bachelor Nation people have written tell-alls and stuff. Like my favorite fun fact is that allegedly if they don't like your house when they go on hometowns, they'll literally move their family to another house. Oh my yeah. gosh. If the house isn't nice enough. That's why it seems like everyone's rich or everyone has like the cutest Cape Cod and they're just so homey and they love each other. It's because they just moved you. Mm -hmm. I always wondered that. Well, my other thought too was because I know for the longest time there was, you know, this criticism that the bachelor lacks diversity which i mean this is really the only time Mm -hmm. yeah the bachelor's so white and then on top of that i remember like back in the day watching it be like not only is it so white but it's also so rich i'm like does anybody live in like a 
1500 square foot house that like had three siblings and they had a share room and a bathroom. Like, I don't, I just don't think like, yeah, I didn't know that. That makes sense though. I mean, it's kind of like housewives where they'll rent the house to look richer than what they are. Mm -hmm. But see, like, that's the thing. The housewives are chasing that clout. Whereas the producers are literally saying to your family, you are not good enough. You'll probably still not likely be picked, but for the sake of our show, we must move your home. That's, That's why they, they look so like, weird to say to somebody. It? And they never like, kind of touch anything. Like they'll sit down and have dinner and they'll never touch anything or go anywhere to always just be right in the living room because it's not gonna, their home. I'm going to have to look for that now, like to watch, like, I'm you glad know, you're telling yeah. us that because now, oh yes, the whole, like the bachelor room, like the, the, the standard, like backstage bachelor secrets is one of the things that got me interested in the show years ago. Cause I was like, what is going on? And they're like, oh yeah, girl, this is not their house. They don't <laughs> live here. <laughs> so. Could you imagine being the homeowner? They're like, Hey, so we need to borrow your house to Can film we just have your home. We just, need we're just going to use really it for pretty. one night. Yeah. I'm yes. Like, oh, okay. Like. In some ways I'd be flattered, but also like, it'd be weird to be watching it and be like, yeah, that's not their house. That's mine. Yes, exactly. I mean, did you guys recognize this resort? Obviously. I mean, I know Nima Colon. Oh, of course. Potomac. Well. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll run into candy cow. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, it's, they had to go this far because they just needed the acreage to do apparently acorn scavenger hunts and ride pumpkins through the water. God bless the pharmacist. Oh my God. her name who got like, just stuck oh, in a circle. Stu- I was, Maggie. I love her so my much. My husband Maggie. was watching, he was dying laughing. Okay, wait. Like, he's, the- something about men getting entertained by The Bachelor, by the way, like way more than they should, but he was- oh, there's so many. Hackling at that. And he also was when um, Anna stole the squirrel from Brittany, so she couldn't find it. The that nut? Was, I mean, that was yes. entertaining. He was like, Packing up. I died though. Did you guys watch? So like, you know, it was like next time on the bachelor. And then if you kept watching, they showed you a little clip and Maggie, it was like, she was talking to Matt and she was like, Oh, I like to dance. And he's like, Oh, do you want to dance? And she goes, no, I want you to dance. There's no music playing. <laughs> and he is awkwardly dancing for her. You he like does one of his TikTok dances, it's which so bad. Again, if people are, who are like super into the bachelor, they know we pretty much got Matt from TikTok because he and Tyler and a couple of other friends and Hannah Brown all got a quarantine house at the beginning part of quarantine. And pretty much all they did was make TikToks 24 seven. And it got like 300,000 followers. It was called the quarantine crew. And so he really was just redoing his TikTok dances. And that made me laugh. I was like, you have nothing else in the arsenal, honey. And they were like, I know it was like watching a dad dance. Like, you know, like it was like watching like a white dad in his mid forties trying to dance and not get injured. You know, like he he didn't want to do counting. You could tell he was like, okay. Well, and he didn't want to do anything like too quick. It was like, oh, do you have a bad back? Do you have a back injury that you're still recovering? I mean, I don't know. I was like, Matt, come on, like woo her. Give her some magic mic moves. I think he's going to take off his shirt. He takes off his shirt. In times that it's not even necessary. Yeah. Like, I don't know when it is necessary, but in the fall in (laughs) Pennsylvania, the times that you take off your shirt outside are actually slim to zero. But yeah, he was working twice an episode. I was dying when he was working out with a log. With a log, (laughs) with a tree, as if there's no gym. Like, you have the whole place to yourself. You could go to the weight room. But he's like, yes, you must lift the log. That's all that's available to you at one of the most expensive, like, outdoor resorts ever. Okay, sure, sure, girl. I, I don't know how you could do that without laughing. Like, I would feel that so... Is, it's dizzy. so funny. Like, I, I don't know how he does it at all. But I do want to get into this um, one-on-one a little bit because... I think we're being set up to believe that Michelle here is going to be a front runner. The dream, the date really was probably the most invested that we've seen him be. And it was the most invested I definitely have been because I remember her name and what happened. And so that's already, you know, two strikes (laughs) for her in a good way. Um, She's a teacher, which obviously I love. And I love that they continue the conversation about her talking about how, you know, how she had to teach on Zoom and, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything, which I actually was interested in because Matt has gotten a lot of heat, like, you know, off screen for, you know, the people aren't really excited that he's our first Black Bachelor. Some people are not excited about that. 
I reserve my opinion for the end, although I'm pretty sure it's going exactly how I thought it would, which is a little bit not great. Um, his, his personality isn't entirely there. It's not pulling me in. And that's mainly because I just had high hopes for Mike Johnson and his turtlenecks. It should have been him. I love Mike. I think those turtlenecks and those plaid suits are fantastic. I've never seen anybody be able to pull off a green plaid suit and a turtleneck other than that man. So it should have been him, but it's fine. We have room to grow because I don't think he'll be the last, but I liked this woman because she also, to me, wasn't a conventional beauty. Like, I hope that, like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, I don't mean it as like in an offense way. It just felt like she was, she's cute. She's a teacher. Like, she's kind of like the whole package of what you would think bachelor winners would be. Like the cute bubbly girl, but like has short enough hair. It's often curly. She's a teacher. It's like really sweet. She's a good, wholesome girl, but she had some, some depth to her. And I like- She reminded her. me like looks wise of Rihanna 1.0, like Ponda Replay Rihanna. Oh my like, God, I can see it. <laughs> That's like what I was thinking of watching her. I was like, okay, like you're it. like, you're Rihanna um, 1.0, Ponda Replay. But yes. yeah, no, I, I think there's something to that. I loved all the deep conversations and not to backpedal too much, but even in the conversation that Chelsea and um, Matt had about her hair and like how it took her time yeah. to get confident about it. And I appreciate the depth in these conversations because they're stunning. real and impact oh. everyone's everyday life like she is absolutely one of the prettiest people i've ever yes. seen in my life when you were like, saying like <laughs> michelle's pretty but not like aggressively pretty i was thinking like i almost say she's no chelsea chelsea if i saw her and i'm a straight woman but if i saw her i would stop and my head would turn like i don't yeah, care what you're attracted to she is breathtaking and she i mean that dress that she wore for her opening i was like she didn't need a creative uh. her dress was her opener she didn't need a fancy little gadget or a prop oh, yeah. like so I, yeah, I, I love the conversation because I felt like it was a little bit deeper. I also think Michelle opened up from the start. You know, you think about yeah. Sarah, who was really weird about when they asked about her dad and I get, you know, some people aren't going to want to openly talk about something heavy on like yes. a first real date, but it just, for Michelle, it just seems so effortless. And I, but I do agree. I think it's some really good editing too. That's making us think, okay, here we go. This is the front runner. Cause it's right. never who you think it's going to be. So yes, that's why I don't exactly. want to put too many. I don't want to bet all my chips on Michelle, but she'll definitely all your roses. be all my roses. <laughs> put all your roses I, okay. I have to ask, this is so random, but I don't watch it live. And whenever I go to fast forward the commercial, my thing is a rose. Is everybody else's yes, too? Yes, mine is too. Okay. I'm like, it's, how cute it's is really that? Cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really, it is real cute. That That's alone kind of kept me have. from watching. They have yeah. the monopoly on television, ABC. And that's kind of one of the things that I like about it is like, you know, our Bravoverse, it, it feels all consuming and it feels huge because there's so much of us and we're all so invested, but we're truly playing a different game when we're in the Bachelor Nation. Like they are prime time. This is antenna cable, right? Like this is not exactly you don't need a subscription. You just can just get an antenna and some foil and you have the Bachelor. It's available to all. They are playing a different game, ratings wise, budget wise, production wise, everything. And I, and too, which is so funny because the women are also allegedly supposed to bring their own dresses. Like they, none, nothing is provided to them. It is just all of them. And they're instructed to drink heavily, apparently all night long. That's why they cry at the drop of a hat at a rose ceremony. They've been doing it for eight to 10 hours. It's always dark when they start, light when they end. It's, it's really great. I mean, how much they put them through. <laughs> the ringer to get this done and so when they do get a one-on-one -on -one, like michelle it's like they're relieved a that they have control over their sleep schedule again and b that they're not like fighting their like their sleep and their concealer and their like foundation and their hair and the frizzing to just get time with them they just hope to look still look viable and alive by the time they get a five-minute <laughs> conversation I like, I did kind of feel bad for Anna because it was like, it seemed like the conversation became awkward and it was like, literally she's like, has five minutes to say all that she wants to say. And she's never really gotten one-on-one -on -one time with them. Now she turned into a huge bitch after that. So it's kind of like, well, maybe karma was working right. ahead of herself yeah. there, but it is kind of like, I do feel like for the one-on-one -on -one dates, you can see the girls are just not nearly as nervous. And I'm sure yeah. we're going to get a one-on-one -on -one where it results in not getting a rose. That's kind of like, yes, that's, that's gotta be coming. Happen. But you can right now in the beginning. Nervous yeah. To do it. 
it's gonna have to happen. Yeah, because he's been sending them by the droves home in the rose ceremonies. I mean, yeah. he got five women, but I think he only kept three or four. He, he kept four and um, he didn't, he sent one of the new girls home kind of immediately and like two or three of the other ones yeah. as well. Let's so, be honest though, the girl he sent home, like she was talking about her aunt, like her pet. Like yeah. she, she like, I was, I couldn't remember. It's hard to keep track of all of them, but because we yes. keep getting new ones, but I was kind of like, oh, she's going to be the one that doesn't stay. Yes, absolutely. And now we have, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because they have usually one mean girl, then they have expanded to two with Anna. And now it seems like there's like a mean squad and it went full on mean girls and they're directly contrasting the two, like where they're showing all these girls talking shit about, you know, the newcomers and everything. And now I don't know who is going to even be the mean girl, but I do admire that we have um katie this the the uh our vibrator girl which I, i'm gonna also call her like sex sexual empowerment. she's like yes. samantha Sex-empower. jones she samantha is samantha jones, jones yeah that of the bachelor like confident yes. owns her sexuality mm-hmm. like all of that and she comes and she's like we need to not do this she tries to confront the girls herself she did it when um, the other girl went home and she's like we need to not talk about people who aren't here and now she's like we just really like this is a rumor which I agree, you know, say what you want, how you feel about sex workers. You know, I believe that, you know, you do what you feel is best for you. And it's just more, it says more about our economy and our system of why people even need to turn to six, seven jobs to even support themselves and, and their families and have a decent life. than it says about the person themselves, but this is damaging because again, we are playing a different game ratings wise, ABC. This is a big deal. She came on here for a show and what's one kind of kitschy thing on your resume is like, oh yeah, I was on The Bachelor. Is that that girl from The Bachelor? It's a whole other thing when they're alleging you are an escort. You don't know what that's going to do to the person. You don't know if she's okay with that even being said, even if it was her job. If she chose not to disclose it, she chose not to disclose it. And so I like that Katie is like, okay, this is a little bit beyond like mean girl shit. And so she confronts Matt herself, who is talking to the producers because I love how they're just yeah. reminding us, this is a show. Like we are making entertainment, y'all. And she confronts him and it's like, hey, that bullying that you thought was happening to old girl Victoria, no, it's actually wide scale. This is actually really affecting a girl. And I haven't been super invested in Matt so far, but this made me kind of commend him a bit because he was like, it, it's also if these girls think they can bully their way to get to my heart, that's not it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, thank you. And I appreciate a man not just going the production route and being like, oh, let me put a stop to it. They'll listen to me. He's like, I don't want a woman that is going to backstab and connive and all these things and be rude and spread rumors. That's not the girl I want. My mom in North Carolina is not going to want that <laughs> woman when she went, I mean, she's going to watch the show. I mean, they're playing to her audience and it's going to be like a, please don't bring that girl home. I don't like that one. No, I mean, yeah. And he's a mama's He's a mama's uh, boy. Yeah. He's, he's a mama's boy. But yeah, no, I, I thought that was really interesting. And I, is there always a woman who's like an un, like a spokesperson for the girls? Because Katie's taking on this role to me as like unofficial spokesperson. So nine times out of 10, usually the main girl is the one who is telling, you know, Matt about the drama in the house. And they end up spending all of their one-on-one time talking about it. Um, a lot of times in the past, it has been that darker girl who was there to stir the pot. She's also usually doubles as the person who informs him of what's going on in the house. And it not always in a malicious way, just like, oh, you should know what's happening. Um, and they kind of give her that encouragement to do it. But Katie, I think truly took this upon herself. This felt the most authentic to me that I've seen in a long time. And I think it's honestly because she's like, this is the second time that some girl probably is going to get bullied to go home. And that's, and what she waits for on the other side of this is not, it's not fair to the girl. So I, there usually is someone who is kind of a spokesperson. It just usually isn't the one you root for because you know that eventually they're probably going to go home. Usually that girl goes home. And that's why I didn't think Katie's going to last super long, but I actually admire and she's like, listen, 
this isn't what we signed up, what I signed up for. I don't know what I signed up for, but it wasn't to move something <laughs> girl back to Chicago. Well, and Brittany didn't let her, let Anna have the satisfaction of the reaction. She remained unbothered by that claim. I'm very proud of her for that. that she was, like handled herself like really, like she was like, okay. I would have been sobbing. Cause I just, the fact like, it's not even like, if somebody said that to me, like randomly, I'd be like, okay, that's laughable. I'm not escorting yes. men. But to do it in front of millions upon millions of people. And, and in like, front of the if, entire group. Like you didn't yeah. even take me outside to the trees. Yeah. You just did it in front of everyone. Like, hey, I, and Anna, to, to the point of entertainment, she's kind of genius because she full on apologized. Like she gaslighted the hell out of this. Yeah. She literally was like, I just want to let you know something that's happening, like that's being said about you that I said. Um, and it's that you might yeah. be an escort. I just want to kind of give you the space to talk about that yeah, in front of everyone because it's getting around by me. And like, and I'm so sorry that I'm perpetuating it, but go ahead, say what you want to say. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? And to be 23, just got there 48 hours ago and being accused of being escorted in front of people who already don't want you there to me, the girl is stronger than most. And she, I mean, you could tell it bothered her. I actually really appreciated Katie kind of pulling it her side to be like, this environment is toxic and like, I'm here for you. I also thought it was really rich that Victoria told, wanted to give Katie an opportunity to apologize to her for being rude when Victoria was saying the trash took itself out. And Katie was like, you know, we shouldn't talk about people who left. We don't know what their deal was. Mm -hmm. And Victoria was really upset by that i'm like yeah this is and that's another example like, of gaslighting yeah what would you like out of this conversation because you're not going to get an apology from me and she basically meredith mark stayed and said i'm disengaging and she yeah. left and i appreciate that and it also always comes back to bravo of course because <laughs> what what is the connection of reality tv without it being back to the beginning which is bravo and that being said please both of you Tell us where they can find you, listen to you. And you guys are covering Bachelor on your Patreon as well, right? So where can they get your hot takes on this season? Yes, yeah, so if you want to continue to hear our fresh hot takes on The Bachelor, check us out at patreon.com slash Bravo. And then if you want to check our regular podcast where we recap our favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less, we are wherever you're listening to Mani, and that is at Real Moms of Bravo. And we release an episode at least once a week. And then we're also on social. And we're so on Instagram, you can find us at Real Moms of Bravo. We have tweeted two tweets um, at Real Moms of Bravo. Uh, I'll be honest, that was a shameless uh, plug to tell Watch What Happens Live that we would love to be the next fan group. Feel free yes. to retweet that and add Monty into it. We would want more uh, super fans as guests on Watch What Happens Live. Uh, and we do have a Facebook page, but it, very minimally active so let's let's just say follow us on instagram <laughs> yes please do y'all we're gonna get them to 50k very soon because they helped me get to 10k so we're all just gonna reach milestones together honey and for no other no reason at all it's just simply fun <laughs> we love goal setting here we are all lisa barlow's and we are just setting goals for ourselves on whiteboards and that is my first goal so thank y'all so much for listening again um, I really appreciate it. Of course, for more episodes like this, subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. As always, y'all stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay home. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another bonus episode of Mixing with Moni. If you like what you hear, feel free to let me know by following me at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I on Instagram and Twitter and tell me your thoughts and feelings. If you love it so much, you just can't get enough, feel free to rate me five stars and leave me a little review on Apple iTunes podcasts so other people just like you can find me and our little mixer.